So, gonna look at James one, verse two. Um, and so forth. Consider all joy, my brothers, when you encounter when you encounter various trials. Conjunction there. Why do you consider all joy? Well, because knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. So consider it all joy my brothers, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. So consider a trial, all joy, because in a trial, right, you are going to benefit. We have to look at trials differently. This is why I, I, I have said before, I would not mind having cancer again, because I know the benefit of trials. I've been in them for a long time now, and I know that there's a benefit to trials. Job even said, man is born into trouble as sure as the sparks fly upwards. Sparks fly upwards, right? So you're born into trouble. We live in a fallen world. Consider all joy. Why? Because the testing of our faith produces endurance or patience patience is a gateway and let patience or endurance have its perfect result so that you may be perfect and complete lacking in nothing consider it all joy because the damage that goes on with your body finances family house wherever all of that, it produces character. What's the value of character? It has eternal value. It has eternal value. You could be a multi-gazillion, bazillion heir, and it all stops at the grave. It has no value, not to you, anyway. These are the people you've left it to, but character does. So consider it all joy because the work that God is doing in your character is eternal. It is eternal. There is no currency like this. No currency like this. We're in a period, just in case you didn't know it, we're in a period of inflation right now in America, which means, inflation means that your dollar does not buy as much as it did before. That's what inflation means. It's, there's a very good chance that there's gonna be hyperinflation or what we call galloping inflation, which means the erosion of the currency. There's going to be no erosion of character. It's just construction of character when you go through a trial. When you look at a trial as beneficial, which it is, because God's hand is on it. And we've talked about all things work together for good 
It doesn't matter what the things are. It's about you trusting God. In fact, here's what you shouldn't want. You really shouldn't want to go through life problem-free. You're never going to go through life problem-free anyway, but you shouldn't want to. Because if you go through life problem-free, it means you don't get any benefit to your character. It's just like saying, I want to go to the, to, to the gym resistance-free. No weights, no resistance, nothing. You're not, not going to get any physical development. No such thing as resistance-free workout. That's why it's called a workout. You do work. And in order to do work, there has to be some resistance to work against. And so every problem that you're in right now, there's a benefit. In fact, is what you shouldn't do. Lord, God, just take this away from me. No. Lord God, let me see the benefit that you have in bringing this to me. Really, let me see the benefit in bringing this to me. It's called growth. Nobody grows in good times. You don't grow at parties. I'll tell you that right now. You do not. You do not grow at parties. You do not grow you know, when everything is good. You grow when everything is bad. So when he says consider all joy, only people who will consider all joy is people that value growth, that value character development, that value Christian maturity, that value becoming more like the Lord Jesus Christ. I want us to go to, to scripture, Hebrews 5, verse 8. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through the things which he suffered. This is talking about Jesus now. And he's talking about, understand one thing. This is talking about Jesus in his humanity right? God cannot learn lessons. So he's not talking about Jesus in his divinity. God has no potential. If you have potential, it means that there's room for improvement. God doesn't have any potential. There's no room for improvement. So it's in his divinity it's referring to, you know, no, you can't say to God, yeah, God, you know, you know, or you know, a year or two, you know, you'll learn that lesson. He already knows it. Yeah, <laughs> he already knows it. So he's talking about in his, in his humanity. In other words, it's comparing God, of course, to our humanity. It's a, it's a comparative statement or it's in juxtaposition to us. Look in verse 67 of Psalm 119. Before I, I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. Look what David said in verse 71 of the same 119. It is good for me that I was afflicted, that I, I may learn 
your statutes, right? That I made, so it was good for me that I went through this trial. So this is why we consider it all joy because it is good for us at the end. Job said that when he is done with me, I will go forth as gold. What does gold do? God, gold goes through a very, very, very severe process in refining. This refining process, it goes through this process to smell out, melts up all of the impurities in gold. It's all black, all of this black stuff that comes out of it. But it's the same way with us in our character. You go through this refining process. You know what it takes out of you? Anxiety, panic, oppression, depression, anger, bitterness, resentment, unforgiveness. It brings, you know what it brings? It brings humility. Arrogant people, you know what? You know why arrogant people, arrogant people are arrogant until they take a tumble. This is why God humbles people. This is why God humbles people. Paul was arrogant. Talked about Paul. Patricia talked about Paul, the Christian killer. He was arrogant. He thought he knew it all. He thought he had the law. You know, you know what? I read this story about Sophia Freud. Sigmund Freud's daughter, she was a professor at Simmons College in Massachusetts for decades, decades. A lot of people didn't know that. She just died in her 90s. And she was talking about um, the, uh, um, when they escaped from Nazi Germany and how arrogant her grandfather was. So Sigmund Freud's her grandfather. And he almost wanted to stay, but some of the family members got arrested by the Gestapo, which is the German secret police, which, which was the German secret police back then. They got arrested, and uh, that's it. Was only then when Sigmund Freud was well, we need to get out of Dodge, really. Only then, only then, and they were lucky that they were were blessed that they were arrested and let go. Because back then, they weren't arresting too many Jews and letting them go. But she said that she thought her, her grandfather was like Hitler. She compared him to Hitler. She said this. She said that he couldn't be wrong. Just like Hitler, this whole perfect race, you know, nonsense, couldn't be wrong. It's when you're humbled. So we got this humbling. In other words, it scared the heebie-jeebies out of him when he got arrested, when his family members got arrested by the Gestapo, right? So he was, somehow was thinking he couldn't be arrested. This is what trials do. They humble us. They humble us. Paul was humbled. Once again, Patricia talked about Paul. Uh, about Paul. Paul was humbled when he lost his sight. Here's the thing about trials. Where, whatever you lose in a trial, you gain for all eternity. Paul lost his physical sight 
for a while. And we also know that God brought a messenger of Satan and brought a thorn in Paul's flesh. None of us know what that was. But Paul lost his sight. And guess what? He was blind, but that's when he could see. Right? God gives us treasures in darkness. We don't see it because the enemy gets us spooked with fear. And so whatever the problem is, understand. This says, consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. So it's not saying for the trials, but it's saying for what the trial produces, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance and let endurance of its perfect result so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. What a trial is with God is God is doing some recycling. He is using all the recycling processes. You throw trash away and trash is used to make a finished product. What happens is this, you go through a trial and the trash of bad character development, like as I said, uh, unforgiveness, resentment, anger, selfishness, arrogance, all of these things now are used to make a good finished product in your character. And so your character is recycled in a trial to bring about something that would not happen if you weren't in that trial. In good times, people don't go around, oh, this is a nice party. Oh, I think I need to humble myself. Give me a break. Give me a break. When everything is going good and all the money's rolling in, you've got great health. Oh, I think I need to be more humble. I think I'll get rid of that unforgiveness and that resentment and that bitterness. No, no, you become worse. We all know, we all know the little spoiled kid that we want to put our foot up, you know where, right? No, I'm not sharing my toys. No, I'm not giving anybody my candy. We all know that. We've all watched Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, right? We've all watched that stuff, right? All of the spoiled kids there, you know, Augustus Gloop, Mike TV, and all of those, right? Little Veronica, Daddy, Daddy, I want to umpa-lumpa. I want to umpa-lumpa. Remember that? Yeah, we've all seen that. I mean, we know it's going through these trials, right? It's going through these trials that we developed this. I, I didn't put, when I was out in the well and didn't know Jesus, didn't put a premium on humility. What are you talking about? You know, what were you talking about? Meekness, gentleness, all of that? No. Evaluate now in knowing Christ because it's the character of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we, the real treasure is character development and the real treasure gets shined up in trials. It gets shined up in trials. It's a, I'm gonna do a few prayer points before I pass it back over. And this is the prayer point. Lord God, give me the grace to focus on the treasure 
of character development in my trials. We know that all things work together for good for those that love God. What is the good? To become conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Lord God, give me the grace to not to focus on the trials, but to focus on the treasure of the character development that is forged in the trials. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you. We just praise your holy name. Father, I pray that you would take my focus off trials, Lord God, and you will put my focus on the treasure that trials bring about, Lord God. Recycle my character in these trials, Lord God. Turn that trash into treasure, Father, Lord God. The trash of unforgiveness, bitterness, arrogance, resentment, jealousy, Lord God. Turn it into the treasure of character development. I want to be just like you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Lord God, give me the grace to stop murmuring and complaining when I'm going through something. Give me the grace to stop grumbling, murmuring, and complaining, Lord God, and give me the grace to start rejoicing. You know, when Paul and Silas were in the prison around midnight, they started rejoicing, and the doors of the prison sprung open. When Peter was in prison, was imprisoned, right, and they thought he was going to be beheaded, eh? John the Baptist was. You know, he fell asleep. An angel opened up the doors and he went to the door of one of the brethren and they thought it was a ghost. He was so, so, so calm. None of these people grumbling and complaining. Paul was in a shipwreck, but Paul wasn't shipwrecked, stoned beaten, in prison. There was nothing that didn't happen to Paul. And then he was finally beheaded, and Paul never, ever, ever, ever complained. In fact, Paul went to prison the way that people check into the Beau Ravage. Really, if you don't know the Beau Ravage, it's one of the most prestigious hotels in Geneva in the world. Really, Paul checked into prison the way people check into the Beau Ravage, really. And so never, ever, ever, ever complain. So it's, Lord God, give me the grace to stop murmuring and complaining when I'm in a trial and give me the grace to start appreciating what you're doing in through that trial in jesus name let's pray father we just thank you we just praise your holy name we pray father lord god that you will give us the grace to stop murmuring and complaining in this trial father lord god and give me the grace to start appreciating what you're doing through the trial lord in jesus name amen 
log on, give me the grace through my trial to understand myself better. You know, is, here is the saddest thing for me, is to go through a trial and not get anything out of it. I want to understand myself better. I want to understand God more, really. And, and that's what I'm saying. Don't pray, oh God, just take it away. Just take it away. Because it came for a purpose. It came for a purpose, really. Don't break, God, just take it away, just take it away. No, it came for a purpose. That means then that God wasn't all powerful because the trial somehow that came to you slipped through God's hands. God wasn't looking. Somehow it slipped through God's hands and it was one of those dud trials that served no purpose, that was just meant to hit you, smack you on the head, and that's it, and give you a headache. Come on. No, there's no such thing as a redundant trial. They are all resourceful trials, not redundant trials. They're all resourceful trials. You know why? They're made by the God who creates all resources. So it's Lord God, give me the grace to understand myself better and to understand you more. You know, one of the great things about Paul and Peter, as you saw them develop, they understood themselves better and they understood God. Look at Peter at the time when he steps out onto the boat. Oh, Lord, save me, save me. I'm drowned when the storm comes. Oh, God, don't you care about us with that? Yet, now he's in prison, right? Doesn't know. He said about John the Baptist. John the Baptist has been beheaded, and Peter's asleep in prison, so relaxed. He understood himself more. Look at Paul. Paul, when he's about to be beheaded, oh, I'm being poured out like a drink offering. That is the calmest, calmest anyone could be about, about being beheaded. Really, the calmest anyone could be. It was a blessing for Paul. In fact, Paul, Paul wouldn't have liked to have gone asleep in his cat's pajamas. He wanted to go that way for the Lord. It was nothing because when you understand yourself and God and what God has for you. Don't forget, don't forget what God, what Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Eye is not seen or ear is not heard. The things that God has got laid up for those that love him. So clearly Paul understood. So Lord God, give me the grace in the trial to understand you more and to understand myself more, Lord. In Jesus' name. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you. Father, I praise your holy name. Father, I pray, Lord, that you will give me the grace, Lord God, to understand you more and understand myself more in the trial, Lord God, Jesus Christ. Tears, murmuring, complaining, Father, Lord God, all of that is just evidence of not understanding that you have a purpose for this. Oh, we just thank you, Father. Praise your holy name. In Jesus' name.
Amen. 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 Can do the caring call. Father, Lord God, we pray, Father, Lord, that we call on you, Lord God, that we would know you. Your word says, Father, anyone that calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So, Father, I'm a sinner. I accept you into my heart as my Lord and Savior. I pray, Father, Lord God, that you would save me as I call upon you today, that your precious blood, Father, Lord God, that's the most precious thing on this planet, Lord God, that you shed for me would save me. I pray you would make me into the person you want me to be. I ask in Jesus' mighty name, amen, 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 amen.